Praise the Lord. Okay, healing is the children's bread, Mark 7, 24 through 30. From there, Jesus arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. He entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. And then he said to her, For this saying, Go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. So, kind of give you a little introduction, background, what we're looking at here. In this passage, Jesus is in a region outside of the land of Israel, outside of the territory where the Israelites uh, basically lived. And that means he's outside of the promised land. And uh, that's important because the people who live in this region outside of the promised land aren't Israelites, they're Gentiles. Um, And it's important to bring this out because that tells us not being Israelites, they're not part of the covenant people. They're not part of um, the way the Israelites and, and many for, for many years understood uh, being covenant people was about being of the blood, DNA, uh, 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 Jewish, uh, coming from the loins of Abraham. And um, those people were the ones that were descendants of Abraham who uh, were delivered from Egypt, received the law of Moses, covenanted to live by the revelation they were given by Moses after their exodus from Egypt. What we've learned, if you've read the Bible, is uh, they didn't live (laughs) throughout their history. They didn't do a very good job of living uh, for God. They constantly strayed, constantly began serving idols. The Bible calls it they committed adultery with the Lord by going after the false idols, the heathen idols. And so even though they're covenant people, um, you know, they're not always living the way they should uh, according to the covenant. But they're still God's people. John 1, 10 through 11, he was in the world. The world was made through him. The world did not know him, talking about Jesus. He came to his own, talking about his own covenant people. His own covenant people did not receive him. Okay, so what we're going to learn then with that context in mind is that God, we're going to begin with this, number one, is the healer. He reveals himself to his people as the healer. But let's get into the text and we're going to, we're going to get to that. Mark seven twenty seven. Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. As we look at this statement, the first thing we need to address is why Jesus could make this statement. He could make this statement because the Bible reveals that God is the healer of his people. He is Jehovah Rapha, one of the covenant names of God, the Lord, their healer. That's what it means. The I am uh, uh, or Yahweh is your healer, the Lord, your healer. God has promised Abraham, again, a multitude of descendants. He promised uh, uh, them to deliver them from their captivity that would come upon them when God prophesied to Abraham of their future. Okay, so Abraham and God walking together in covenant. Abraham has no children. 
God says you're going to have a multitude of descendants. When he made him that promise, he said, but here's how things are going to work out. Uh, 400 years, they're going to be, uh, you know, uh, they're going to be a time that's going to be in captivity to Israel, but I'm going to bring them back out. That's what I'm talking about here, okay? So God promised that when they were in captivity that he was going to deliver them uh, from their captivity, but knowing their future, God promised, as I said before, he would deliver them. In the book of Psalms, in speaking of the deliverance of the children of Abraham from their captivity, the psalmist refers to the blessings that the Israelites experienced as his people were brought out of Egypt by the Lord. Psalms 105 verse 37, he also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. Okay, so when the Israelites were in captivity, they were slaves. Sometimes we don't always picture what was really happening. Now, um, if you go back to the time when slavery uh, uh, was part and parcel with some of the stuff that was happening in our country in the South, it wasn't everywhere, but it was part of what was happening here. But slavery was not just a United States issue, it was a world issue. Um, but the reality is um, when you live in slavery, you don't live in the best conditions. In fact, you might could say you live in some of the harshest conditions. You don't get uh, to go to fine dine at a steakhouse. Uh, you don't get uh, the best medical attention. You don't get the best diet. You don't get the best um, lifestyle, work style. Bottom line is you are basically worked to death. So what happens is we often think, uh, with, uh, don't allow ourselves to think of the consequences of that. Bad diet, uh, bad lifestyle, bad work uh, uh, environment, what happens is you find people that are very, uh, can be very uh, worn out, afflicted, ill, um, you know, uh, ravaged by uh, things that are going on in the natural world. And so yet the Bible says when God brought them out of Egypt, all these people that were living in a captivity that were subject to that kind of environment, um, the Bible says they came out and there was no feeble ones among them. Now, how could that be? How could it be that in, uh, and there was probably like 2 million people, that in a group of 2 million people, there's no sick people? How could it be that in a group of two million people, there's no lame, there's no deaf, there's no blind, there was no feeble one among them? How can that be? Well, I think, my way of thinking is that I believe there were, but something took place between um, where they were and them coming out, and what took place was a lamb that was slain and eaten by the people, when God brought that last plague, he said that there's a death going to come to all the firstborn, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a lamb, enough for a household. I want you to roast it with bitter herbs, take the blood, put it on the lintels of the doorpost, and then you need to eat the lamb, and you need to eat it all, okay? So what ended up happening is this lamb is a covenant uh, um, uh, with God, a sacrifice uh, offered to the Lord, and when the blood was placed on the doorpost, what happened? The death angel came over, but not only did the death angel pass over them so there was no death in the house, the Bible also uh, refers in Psalms 103, I believe it's uh, verse 5, uh, I'm not sure, I'll get there in a minute, it says there was no, uh, he forgave all our iniquities and he healed all our diseases. I believe what also took place 
at that particular time is not only where they um, uh, passed over, uh, death passed over them, not only were they going to be delivered from Egypt, but I believe every last one of them that partook of the lamb, partook of God's provision, were healed. Listen to what I'm saying. I believe at the time that they partook of the lamb, they partook of that lamb that was sacrificed for them, not only were they delivered from death, not only were they delivered from Egypt, but I believe every last one of them were healed. That's why it says in Psalms 105:37, there was no feeble ones among the tribes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God cemented to me what happened at the Exodus when he gave his people a revelation of himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And we're going to read that, Exodus 15, 25 through 26. They had just come through the sea. Uh, they had, uh, the Israelites um, had crossed over on dry ground. Uh, the Egyptians were buried in water, never to see them anymore. The Israelites would never see them anymore. God led them out into the desert. When they got into the desert, they were thirsty. God led them to a water hole that was bitter. Uh, and that bitter water, God showed uh, uh, Moses what to do to make the bitter water sweet. That's the context. So Moses cried out to the Lord, Exodus 15, 25-26, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. He made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians. For I, he's talking about himself, God, am, not was, not will be, I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord your healer. Now, they had all been healed when they partake of the lamb, but now he's cementing the who he is, that he is the healer, when he showed them visibly how he healed the water that was bitter and made it sweet. The psalmist, and here's what I was getting to before, further elaborates on the nature of God's blessings and the benefits he affords his people when he says in Psalms 103, 2 through 3, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. So we see that God has revealed his nature to his people, and since he is in covenant with them, he blessed them with healing as their covenant privilege as his children. Right? Deuteronomy 29, 29, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things which are revealed belong to us, to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. In other words, what God reveals about himself, we can partake of. We have the privilege of walking in. All right? So from the context of our passage that we read, remember the woman came to Jesus, she's a Gentile, she's wanting Jesus to heal her daughter, she'd heard the reports, she's saying, please heal my daughter, and Jesus said what? He said, it's not good to take the children's bread, so what is the children's bread? We're going to find out here in a minute, but basically he's saying it's not right to take what belongs to the children and give it to those that are outside of, of, of my covenant children. That's what he's telling her, all right? Now, what we're going to find out is things don't stay there. Things don't stop there. We're gonna, there's, a, there's an ending to this, as you already know, that works out good. But from the context of the passage, she's dealing with a daughter that is basically demonized. And she wants Jesus to deliver her. 
you might conclude, because I'm talking about healing, and you might say to yourself, wait a minute. It doesn't say healing is the children's bread. From the context, what we get is deliverance is the children's bread. Well, you're right, and I'm glad you brought it up. Let me see if I can clarify that. Thank you, TR, for asking that question. I appreciate that. It's a very pertinent question, one that we need to deal with. Well, it is in the passage speaking of deliverance, but when we look closer to what the Bible reveals about deliverance, we find that deliverance from evil spirits is a subcategory of healing. You know what, what I mean by subcategory? Let me see if I can give you an illustration, okay? If you were going to the grocery store and your wife had told you, because um, I'm going to talk in terms of my wife, because when I go to the grocery store, it's because my wife says, I want you to go to the grocery store, all right? Never occurs to me to go to the grocery store until my wife says, you need to go to the grocery store. Just tell it, all right? I just go to the closet and eat whatever's there. Be surprised that tuna fish looks acceptable when that's all there is in the closet, right? <laughs> so eat it out of the can, right? <laughs> Whatever you got to do, it never occurs to me that I could go to the grocery store and I can get something more. I just doesn't do that. In fact, I'm one of those guys. I can look in the refrigerator. Yes, I'm going off on the rabbit trail. I'm looking in the refrigerator, looking in the pantry, and there's nothing to eat. And my wife shows up, and all of a sudden, I have a three-course meal. And I said, where'd that come from? But anyway, she sends me to the grocery store. She's giving me a list to buy a specific item. And let's just say, because I like ice cream, let's just say, I want you to buy ice cream. So you get a phone call, and you begin to talk to somebody about your errand to buy groceries. Now, she didn't send me to buy groceries. She sent me to buy ice cream. Somebody can say, wait a minute. She didn't send you to buy groceries. She sent you to buy ice cream. But we know and we understand that groceries is a broader category under which you can label ice cream. Right? It's not two different things. But the same thing, but we're using a broader category to describe what had been a specific item. To someone listening in from another culture and maybe doesn't understand the nuances of the language, they might say that you're not going to buy groceries, but you're going to go buy ice cream. To us who understand the language and the culture, it's intuitive to us that they are part and parcel of the same thing. Right? So similarly, I want to suggest to you uh, that when Jesus refers to the children's bread in this text, he is not simply meaning deliverance. Rather, he is meaning the broader character category of healing of which deliverance is found as a subcategory under that broader heading. And I'm going to prove that to you. Okay? So in Luke 6, 17 through 19, the Bible says, Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. And they, those that needed to be healed of their diseases, and those that were tormented with unclean spirits, they, all of them, were healed. You say, how do you know that? Because it goes on and says, And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. Who is all? Those that had diseases and those that were tormented with unclean spirits. They all were 
healed. It doesn't say some of them were healed and some of them were delivered. It says they were all healed. So what I'm saying is that under the category of healing, you also have deliverance. I'm making sense to you, right? Matthew 4, 23 through 24, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of diseases among the people. His fame went throughout all Syria. They brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. It doesn't say he delivered them. He healed them. Healing is the broader character category. Deliverance is the subcategory, but it is all included in the category of healing. Am I making sense to you? Matthew 12, 22. One was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind, and mute, and Jesus healed him. doesn't say he delivered him. It says he healed him, but he did deliver him. Yes, he did. What I'm trying to get you to understand, biblically, deliverance and healing are part and parcel of the same thing. One is just being more specific than the other. Luke 8, 1 through 3. It came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and twelve were with him, and certain women who had been healed of evil, of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, of whom had come out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who provided from him from their substance. Luke 9, 41 through 42, Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And as he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, and power. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Okay? So um, what I'm trying to get you to understand, again, is that deliverance is a subcategory of healing. Healing is God's provision for his children. Whether you're sick in body or whether you're being tormented by evil spirits, it's all part and parcel of healing. God wants to heal your spirit, soul, body. Every dimension of your life, he wants to heal you, right? So uh, when we get saved, our spirit uh, is, is regenerated, it's made new, and God's spirit lives inside of us. But you also have a soul, mind, will, emotions. Oftentimes the enemy is going to torment a Christian. A Christian is not going to be possessed. The Bible doesn't use the word possess. It uses the word demonize. And you can be demonized. That means you can be influenced or affected by a demon. I believe whether you're a non-Christian or a Christian, you can be affected by a demon. We use words like possess, uh, tormented, afflicted, influenced. A Christian cannot, in the way we use words, be possessed because he is possessed by the Spirit of God right? However, he can be tormented. She can be uh, afflicted, right? Uh, when an enemy has uh, 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 just more influence than a person can resist, we call that being afflicted or, or tormented. But the Bible has one category, demonize, okay? So we're not going to get into Christian, non-Christian, all that kind of stuff, but I will tell you that Christians, I believe, and non-Christians can be demonized with the idea that non-Christians 
can be possessed by a devil, can be influenced by the devil. Christians cannot be possessed by a devil, but they can be influenced, they can be affected, they can be tormented. Right? What's the Bible solution? The Bible solution is to heal them. Right? One time I prayed about it and I said, God, uh, can Christians, you know, be, and basically he said, he said, there's a difference, but when they come out, it all looks the same. Right? We're very Greek-minded in the way we think. We need to be very specific in the way we think. Hebrews understood that God's just setting people free. They didn't struggle with, uh, can a Christian be this? or can Now, later on in life, I mean, later on in church history, they became more uh, uh, very uh, definitive uh, as they began to uh, uh, study and, and grow in their understanding and knowledge of things, and, and theology became important. They began to write down, uh, uh, you know, the theological doctrines that we believe. And so that's when we came to an understanding uh, to define what God was doing. But biblically, it's just, hey, man, they're being influenced by a demon. We need to set them free. Right, And all I'm trying to say today, and I needed to touch on this for where we're going to go, because I know people are going to have these questions. We're really not talking about demonization today. What we're talking about healing, but no matter what you're dealing with, healing is the children's bread. Whether it be physical healing, emotional healing. In fact, um, there was a, when I was at the service uh, up in New Braunfels, I felt like the Lord was kind of, and I was talking to the church. And I was talking to Christian people. And I felt like the Lord, a couple of times during my message, I, I began to realize it was maybe a word of knowledge. I said, people are being tormented at night. There's a torment going on. And I thought, well, is this the Lord or not? And well, I just took a step of faith, and I said, I think this is a you know, word of knowledge. And then when I gave the altar call, I said, is there anybody here that you're being tormented at night? Three or four people raised their hands. Right? So we didn't use the word demonized. We just used the word tormented. They're they're affected at night, whether it be fear or, or demonic uh, dreams or whatever the case may be, but they just can't sleep. They're, they're afraid. They're battling all these kind of things. That's an enemy that they need to be healed. They need to be set free. Right? They didn't get into, hey, man, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be going through it. No, I'm going through a battle, and God set me free. That's all you need to know. You're going through a battle. God can set you free. If you're, you're being afflicted, you know, well, does that mean? No. It means that God came, paid a price for your healing, and if you will just trust God, it doesn't matter where you, <laughs> we'll get into the theological distinctions later. What really matters is I need to be set free. Uh, if this woman here was theological, she probably would have got offended, but she wasn't theological. She just wanted Jesus to set her daughter free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Healing is God's provision for his children. As a provider for a family, uh, we have the task of taking care of our children that we've been blessed by God with. And I will tell you something, children are blessings from God. The Bible teaches us that, right? He that findeth a wife, I'm switching gears, but it's the same thing. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. It doesn't say he that findeth a good wife. It says he that findeth a wife. He that has children, children are a blessing from the Lord. It doesn't say good children are a blessing from the Lord. It says children are a blessing from God. All right? So we have been blessed by God 
with children. Your circumstances don't determine whether or not your children are blessings. The Word of God does. And how you approach your children, how you approach your spouse is directly related to how you think about them. And I choose to believe what the Bible says. <laughs> anyway, as a father, my role as a father, and forget about all this feminist stuff that's going around and all this so, uh, you know, social redefining of what's right and what's wrong, I choose to go back to biblical models. We're not restricting anybody. We're not in any way trying to prevent anybody from doing whatever the Lord wants you to do. We're not saying women can only do this and men can only do that. But biblically, the role of the Father has always been to, uh, to protect, direct, and to provide. Right? Whether you like it or not, can we agree on that? Biblically, now, I'm not saying socially. I'm not saying how you grow up. I'm saying biblically, the role of the Father has always been to, to direct, protect, and to provide. While we know that throughout this world there are many examples of poor fathers, we, as God's people, are to be a reflection of our Heavenly Father, and the Bible teaches us that our Heavenly Father is good. Well, I don't know. Again, let's go back to the Bible, Psalms 100, verse 5. For the Lord is Good. Well, but I had this happen in my life. I had that happen in my life. Well, you're reasoning from circumstances. You're not reasoning from the revelation that God gives us. You have to adapt your circumstances to what the Bible teaches and not adapt God to your circumstances. The Bible says that God is good. Mark 10 and 18, Jesus said to the, to the rich young ruler who came to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. A good father provides for his children. Are we in agreement with that? All right. God is good, and being good, he provides for his children as well. And I have biblical precedents for that. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Or what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, that's in comparison with the Lord, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, the context is who is good, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? What I want us to come away with is that a good father, which the Lord is, provides for his children. What we want to see is that in his goodness, God has also provided for his children. And in our context of our passage, God has provided bread for his children. And that bread is not just that which we eat for sustenance, but according to the passage that we've been reading, uh, the bread that God provides is also healing. As his children, as his covenant people, God provides, and healing is what he provides. Healing is the children's bread. I don't think you're getting it. If you go like this, I'm starting to believe you might be getting it, or you might be falling asleep. I know I, I talk a lot. Sometimes I talk in circles. 
But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that in this passage, Jesus says healing is the children's bread. Right? The Israelites were God's children. They were his government people. And the woman who wanted a benefit that belonged to the children was told it healing is the children's bread. Now, in the context of the passage, that seems like a bad thing because the woman is outside of covenant. But for the Israelites, that's a good thing because they're in covenant. And being in covenant... Healing is part and parcel with the covenant because they're in covenant with the one who is the healer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So, the children's bread is meant for the children. Can we agree on that? Now, Let's broaden the horizon a little bit. God's children are not just those that have the lineage and the DNA of Abraham. God's children are those who have the faith of Abraham. And the point that we're going to make here is God's new covenant children. So, again, this woman kept pressing in. And said, Lord, even the little dogs eat the, eat the crumbs uh, from, the mat, from the table. Uh, uh, even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. And he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. So Jesus said this woman was not part of the covenant people of Israel. But what you're going to see and what we notice in the past is that she was able to receive from Jesus anyway as she pressed forward by faith to receive what Jesus brought to the people. She was able to receive because in the new covenant, and Jesus is making a new covenant written in his blood. In the new covenant, the people of God are not those who are born into the lineage of Abraham naturally, but those who come into covenant with him through the faith of Abraham. John 1, 12 through 13. Uh, remember, I read to you before, he came into his own and his own did not receive him. Then it goes on and says, but as many as received him, to them he, Jesus, gave them to re the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Remember Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Not born of water, but born of the Spirit. What, what is John telling us here? John is saying is that to the ones who believe in Jesus and believe in the work that he did, we become new covenant children by faith, not by lineage, not by DNA, but by faith. Matthew 8, 10 through 11. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west. That's talking about outside people, not 
Israelites will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israelite fathers in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is not just those who are born uh, um, again uh, and uh, physically, uh, I'll just go with the same words I used before, of the same DNA, uh, the same lineage of Abraham, but those who have the faith of Abraham. Galatians 3, 5 through 9. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of the faith are sons of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Galatians 3, 26-29, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seeds and heirs according to the promise. As believers in Christ, we, I'm talking about you and I, those that have been saved, that have given our, uh, our lives to the Lord, that have been born again, we become children of God. And as such, we are afforded the benefits of God for ourselves. So if healing is the children's bread, and we become children of God through faith, then healing is our bread. Bread is not a special thing. Bread is an everyday meal. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Oh, it's Christmas. On Christmas we get bread. It's a special thing that only comes once a year at a special time if we're able to do it. No, bread is an everyday occurrence. In fact, in the wilderness, when God fed the people, he fed them manna. And manna was bread from heaven. And they had it every day, and they had it in abundance. Right? So if healing is the children's bread, it's not some special thing that you only get every once in a while when the waters are stirred. It's an everyday provision that is made available for all of God's people who are willing to partake. Hebrews 8 and 6 says, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he, Jesus, is a mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Remember, the first covenant, it says he forgave all our iniquities and healed all our diseases. If we're in a, a better covenant, it has to at least be as good as the first. And if in the first, healing was the children's bread, how much better in the second? Matthew 8, 16 through 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities, 
and he bore our sicknesses. So what am I trying to say? Again, if the old covenant provided healing, how much more in the new covenant, which is better than the previous? Like this woman, we access that provision through faith in him. He is the same. He is still Jehovah Rapha. He is still the Lord, our healer. And he lives inside of us. Paul says, uh, it is no longer I that live, but Christ in me. In the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved himself and gave himself for me. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body for that spirit dwells in you. Christ, through the spirit of God, God himself lives inside of you and God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Well, okay, but what if he doesn't want to heal me? Well, the leper had that same question. He said, I know that if you want to, you can heal me. He actually said like this, if you're willing, you can heal me. And Jesus said, I am willing. And he touched him, and he was made whole. You see, some of us believe that God can, but we're not necessarily believing that God will. And what I want you to see, just approaching it from a different perspective, is that healing is the children's bread. Whether you need to be set free from torment, whether you need to be healed in your body, whatever it is that you're going through, it's the children's bread. And bread is what a good father provides for his family, for his children. Bread is an everyday provision that is given to anyone who is hungry. And if you're hungry today, the Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And it says in Isaiah 55, Come and eat at the table that God has set before us. All things are possible to those who believe. Paul said in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God. Uh, um, <laughs> huh? For the salvation of those who believe. Salvation is not just going to heaven. Salvation it's, means wholeness, spirit, soul, body. Salvation means wholeness and in Christ if you can believe God's will, God's provision in the new covenant that Jesus made at the cross who carried our sicknesses and bore our pains. It was made at the cross of Calvary with his blood, just like when the Israelites partook of the Passover lamb when they came out of Egypt. If we partake of the Passover lamb, we can not only be forgiven of our iniquities, we believe that, but we can also be healed of our diseases because the new covenant has to be better than the old covenant. And the old covenant, there was no feeble ones among them. I could have just said, hey, God's a healer. Let's pray. But we need to see it. We need to see it in the Bible. We need to see what the Word of God teaches us because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Well, God's my healer. Let him touch me now. No, you have to believe. You have to believe. All things are possible to those who believe. It's the power of God made available to those who, for the salvation of those who believe.